Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hey, I'm super excited about this episode. I have with me a new friend, Eric. Eric is a relationship and conflict resolution specialist with advanced studies in peacemaking conflict resolution. His experience growing up listening to heavy metal music, which I think is so cool, working alongside ex-convicts and being raised in the Roman Catholic tradition gives him the ability to connect well with a diverse group of people and belief systems. And now the author of How a Christian Should Date is Not as Complicated as You Think. I'm in love with this title. I'm in love with your work. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to, So happy to be here. Yes. Okay. So give us a little bit of background. You know, I talked a little bit about your studies and how you got to doing what you're doing today, but I'd love to hear a little deeper dive. Yeah. So now... I do uh, different things. I, I primarily work with YWAM, Youth with Mission. So I minister to uh, refugees in Athens, Greece, do a lot of discipleship and teaching and just, yeah, just trying to help help them be better Christian men. And with that, I, I love teaching about relationships, conflict resolution. And this, and this book was just really born out of years of making my own mistakes too. So I thought I read a lot of good, good books, but you know what? It's, it's time for me to throw my hat in, in this ring, in this conversation ring. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you did too. And there's not enough healthy conversations for young men as it relates to dating. And, you know, I'm a women's empowerment speaker. You know, I talk to women, but there's, there's not enough healthy conversations for young guys. And, you know, we expect so much of guys like, be the bigger person, open the door, but also don't because I'm a empowered woman and like, oh, like all these conflicting messages. And I feel like guys are, I don't know, sometimes getting a short end of the stick. And so I just appreciate the healthy conversation that you're adding to guys. But anyway, before we get into that, all right. So tell me a little bit the back before that though, before you start doing what you're doing now, like the background and all of that before um, for the book. So I had a mentor, amazing guy. When I first became a Christian at 21, um, God put an amazing guy who was a, a mar- who was a professor of marriage and family therapy. So this guy, you know, was so kind, so smart, so loving. Basically, he was my mentor. But come on, it was like so we met for 17 years, and it was 17 years of like free therapy. So I always joke that if, you know, I ever had to pay him that that I would owe him at least $10,000. But Tim was an awesome guy. And he really sparked this this passion in me as he walked alongside of me in my dating and the mistakes that that I was making. And he really gave me that that passion for doing relationships well. Tim and I were thinking about writing a dating book 
together. Sadly, he passed away. And a few years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take charge of this and um, I'm going to write it. Good. I'm so glad you did. I love the mentor-mentee relationship that you guys had. So how did he help you from going, as you said, making some you know, not good decisions in dating to making better decisions? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I think one, just being wise and you know, making wise decisions. And that was based a lot upon, you know, understanding like what you, what you value. And, um, you know, as, as you talked, as you talked about last, last time in your, in your talk, you know, that we need to have healthy expectations. So he taught me and he showed me he had amazing marriage, but, you know, so he also led by, by example. And then more than anything, and what I wanted to talk talk about in, in, in the book and what he taught me was the actual process of dating. Because so many books are like, who should you date? Who shouldn't you date? You know, what are the red flags? So, you know, and then what does the Bible say? That's all really, really good stuff. But I wanted to talk uh, talk about not only who to date, but how to do it. You know, what's with the nuts and bolts? What is this actual process? So I am thankful that my mentor taught me a, a lot of that. Okay. Well, now you have to dive into it because I now I'm so curious. Like, <laughs> yes, you're right. We, we do talk about here's, you know, the standards, here's the red flags, but the process, what, what did he teach you? Well, that there are steps, you know, and I kind of made it my own in the book. So I kind of took it my own direction. But, you know, one step and the first step is just, you know, is one we don't like to talk about is just like the non is, well, friendship is first. But after that, there can be non-exclusive dating. And I know some people don't like that, that they do not want to date someone who is dating someone else at the, you know, at the same time. But I think that online dating, for example, is by default non-exclusive. So my whole thing is there is a wide range on how God, you know, gives us to date, that God has his moral boundaries. We have limits, but God paints a broad picture, you know, and within God's moral law that we are free to choose what works best for us. And for some people, a non-exclusive dating works. And for other people, no, like if you're dating me. I want you to be the, the only person. So then after that, there is, there is, ex, there is exclusive dating. And then there is, and there's engagement, then there's marriage. Okay. So that, so you kind of had me questioning a minute, the non-exclusive dating, like, wait, what? But you kind of, I guess we would call it the talking phase, right? That could be the talking phase where you're talking to different People, but I think about online dating, right? Yeah. Most people don't go into online dating with apps that, you know, they're only talking to like one person. Cause like, That's cause, true. cause like the whole premise is you're trying to meet different people. And I think you can actually go out on, on dates with different people at the same time. But the key is, and when I'm trying to communicate now and, you know, in the book is that just talk about what you're doing go towards those 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 awkward conversations. So if you are seeing other people, just to say it, you know, and then give the other person that the information that they need and then they can make choices based on that. 
Yeah. Clarity is kindness. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Did you know that I have two digital courses and they are both on college student budgets? When it comes to dating, when I do online mentoring, I find that there were several topics that just came up a lot. So I recorded it. I have one mini course called Make a Dating Plan. This is to help you navigate what matters to you in dating and write it down. I also made you a PDF to help make this possible. I also have a more in-depth course called From Heartbreak to Happily Ever After. This is a four part course designed to help you heal from a breakup, walk into dating with intention, unpacking falling in love, infatuation, all of that stuff, and 17 things I've learned in 17 years of marriage. This course has two PDFs to help you write out the important stuff. I cannot wait to help a sister out. Check out online mentoring to find all of the good stuff and walk into dating with intention. All right, you're meeting with a mentor and then decide to write this book. I love all the principles that you talk about and just, you know, helping. Let's talk about for men specifically, because, you know, again, I I talk a lot to young women about dating, but what, you know, if you're having coffee with a 20 year old guy and he's, yeah, you know, this is what I really want one day. Like, what do you say in that coffee date? Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You can say a lot of things. I think one of the keys is, is that, yeah, two things. One, you, you have to see if your non-negotiable values line line up. Like if they don't want to have kids and you want to have kids, well, you should, you know, that that may be a, a deal a deal breaker. Yeah, or yeah. but also could this person be a friend? You know, I think so m- most people want to marry a good friend, if not their best friend. And we get so caught caught up in like uh, attraction sometimes and looks and that, you know, and, and those feelings, those, those, those fireworks of, of feelings and, and chemistry are, are important and we need to en- enjoy them in the dating process. At the same time, I just keep asking my, myself, could I do life with this person? Could, yeah. could they be my friend? Because to me, so much of marriage, even when you, you, you have kids is maintaining that, that, that friendship. So, if you're not having fun in dating, then something's, you know, <laughs> take dating seriously, but not too seriously. Yeah, for sure. Well, that leads me to the next question. I think that might be part of it, but you talk specifically to Christians in dating and specifically, you know, talking to that, that demographic, what would you say, generally speaking, Christians get wrong when it comes to dating? Well, yeah, I don't want to throw all Christians, uh, Christian dating, (laughs) just because I am part of that. I am definitely part of that group. I think one of the things is thinking that like it has to work that because, you know, even among two solid Christians, you know, there's this uh, idea that if they're a mature Christian, if I'm a mature Christian, that somehow that defaults, that that automatically equates to a good relationship, but it actually doesn't. And sometimes you may be thinking, man, this 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 person has like all the right things, but somehow it's just not sitting well. And, you know, so Christian couples can try too hard. And one of the things that I teach is you are looking not only for a person that you fall in love with, but a relationship that you fall in love with too, because you may like someone, but not like what you form together with that person. Yeah. I was having a mentoring call today with a young girl and, you know, 
there's a lot of good things, but she, it, it was a relationship. I think, like you said, that was just not settling and, you know, and there's no, you can't, she couldn't put her finger on it. And we could argue both ways about these things, because I also say that you don't base everything on feelings because feelings are temporary, but at the same time, you know, feelings are important and you want there to be attraction and emotion and chemistry. And so yep. there, there's two sides of this argument, but yep. yeah, I think that, that, I think that's very important. You're talking specifically Yes, because Christians will sometimes, oh, this first date is a marriage proposal. Well, well, hold on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and you know what? God can do some some awesome things. Like, uh, here's a story. Like, I, I had a friend, and there was a, a guy that, that asked her out, and she said no. Uh, she just wasn't in, interested. But then God gave her dreams about him, and that sounds crazy, but she said, like, yeah, I just started, you know, having uh, dreams, you know, dreams about him. So then she went out with, with him and their first date went horribly, you know, wrong. And you would think, oh, God, like, well, you know, what are you doing here? I thought since, since you gave me dreams that, that things were, were supposed to, you know, be perfect. But um, so even throughout that imperfect first date, they just went on a second date and a third date and, and then they uh, fell in love. So, you know, things don't have to be perfect like on that first date. And, and oftentimes I think it's easy to give up too soon, especially when you can just swipe left or swipe right if if there's just one thing off, you know? And so a lot of dating, and I believe it's um, better to go on more dates with less people than with more first, than with more people just, just going on first dates. Yeah, I would agree with that too. You know, I, I thought about this a lot and I feel like in pretty recent human history, do we even have this multitude of choices, especially online dating, you know, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not against online dating, but thousands of swipe this, swipe it, you know, it used to be (laughs) the people in your village. (laughs) And, you know, there were only so many young boys of your age or whatever it may be. And that was your dating pool. You know, I'm not saying that either one of these are right or wrong, but it's such a, what you said about fewer people, but more dates. I think that Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, and you can be from a small town and have choices be, between two or three guys or, or, or just a small sh- social s- circle, meet, date, get married and have just as good a marriage, if not better, better marriage than, than someone who's going on like, you know, 50 first dates. But what I think about God that is so cool is that God works with, with you wherever you're at. So whether you're, you're, you're in a small town and have a and have a small pool or I have a friend who was dating meeting people online and he went on over a hundred first dates and you would think he would give up you know come on that's like a hundred and and he met his wife and he was she was like number 105 or or something but now they they got married and have a and have a great family today wow yeah that's so true I think that you're right like God can use anything I think that we we get you know, misthinking when it's like, this is the way. And as you said, there's such a broad, you know, God does talk about dating, doesn't leave us in the dark, but it's not like in Lamentations 2, you have to go on 50 first dates or whatever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not, you know, your parents have to pick out your mate. You know, there's all kinds of conversations to be had on people would say, I've gone on a hundred dates. I've searched the world over and I found this person and they could still have trouble in their marriage. And then there could be the person I dated this person since I was 12 and it worked out and they could have problems in their marriage, you know, or perfect marriages on either one of these conversations too. So, so yeah. So talk to me about that then. So how does, 
healthy dating lead to a healthy marriage? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think, you know, it's something that we need to talk about more because some, somehow dating has been uh, separated as like a different process. But how you date is important for your marriage because I believe that the patterns that you take in dating will also continue in marriage. So in a positive way, if you're dating and you're communicating well, if you can be vulnerable and honest and authentic and talk about problems, that will definitely translate when when you when you get married. But the same token, if you're can't do conflict, if you're sweeping things under you know under the rug, if there's tension, you can't feel like you're, you know, that you can be your, yourself, that will also those those patterns will will also carry into into marriage. So it is important that we date well. To have, I mean, dating and marriage are two totally different things in one sense. At the same time, they are very connected. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So I had in your book, you talk about some unique dating stories that end well. I would love to hear some more, some more about that. Yeah, yeah. So I talked about my friend who had the 100 first dates. Yeah. That, was a, uh, that was a crazy story. And um, I have another friend, you know, she was at meeting of people, you know, so she started driving to a a different area, you know, like a, it was like a, a couple hour drive and got involved in a new, com- new community and met some, someone and got married. So, you know, that, you know, it just shows me that sometimes it, it takes work. Sometimes we have to put that effort in into, you know, if you're in a, a Bible study, and there's no one there you think that you could, I mean, not, not that you're there just to date, but, but where better than a Bible study to, to meet your future spouse. But yeah, join a new Bible study, you know, just try something new. I had another friend and she started talking to a guy who, um, you know, she wasn't that thrilled about. It. I think that that attraction meter <laughs> was low, but you know, again, she, gave him a chance and she fell in love. One more is I know a guy and, and a gal and they dated for like 10 plus years. Maybe it was 11 years. And you think, how could you date, you know, for 11 years? And But they made it and uh, they finally got married. And I know these are extreme stories, but I like to say, to say them because We'll probably all fall somewhere in like um, in the middle of, of that. So if God can do it with them, then then He can do it for us. Yeah, I like that you said that because you know sometimes we use the extremes to justify the norm. Um, <laughs> but you're right, you're right. Like yes, those can happen, and perhaps will be a listener's story. But yeah, like for sure, usually we fall somewhere in the middle of those <laughs> extremes. Yeah. And I know one, uh, one, one couple, this is, this is just crazy. It's crazy. I don't recommend this, but they dated and broke up 10 times before they were married and they got a great marriage today. So who knows, you know, it can work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Like there's just so many, again, why there isn't a formula, why there is, because we're talking about human beings who have a myriad of personalities and growing up differences and, you know, ways mm-hmm. that they think is right versus ways. Yeah. So I love that you give so much grace around these conversations. too. <laughs> much, much grace. Amen. Much grace. 
something else that you talk about that I think is super interesting are some myths around dating. So if there's anything we haven't talked about that maybe strikes, you know, your brain, I'd love to hear about some, some common myths that you hear about in dating. In Christian dating, it seems like, uh, yeah, one, one of them is that you will meet your spouse when you stop looking. So this is the proverbial ostrich putting his head in the sand, kind of waiting for um, God to do it all. And I love the, the stories where people meet in serendipitous ways. You know, they bump into each other at the gas station or at the grocery store. But oftentimes it is going to take some work. It's going to take some dates. But God is in it with you and God's not leaving us alone. He is partnering with you in your search. So I think that if you are waiting and it's that's not working for, for you, then, you know, maybe it's time to put some effort in. I love that. And yes, I've heard, definitely heard that. So, well, when I stopped looking or or when I, you know, became solid in my faith, then God will bless me with a, a, a good Christian guy. And like, it can happen. Of course. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did this TikTok one time. I did this TikTok one time. And it was like, you know, it was just me, but like, pretend like I'm talking to a girl, like, do you think a guy's just going to fall out of the sky? And then I had like a video of these guys um, jumping out of a plane, like the, the air bombing. <laughs> and of course, it was a joke, like, they're not really going to just rain men in your neighborhood. You have to put yourself out there, like you said, yes. you know, like that girl driving to the other town or, or getting out of your norm. Yep. So, yeah, good conversations. Yeah. We had. Yeah. And um, I think another myth that I didn't, I didn't actually ex- explain this one. I mentioned it, but I think it's worth saying. And um, is that if you've messed up in your uh, sex, in your sexuality, if you've gone too far, if you've had sex, that there is a myth that, you know, you will have a, a bad marriage and, you know, that that stuff's going to haunt, like haunt you the, the rest of your, your life. Well, that's not true. God's a redeeming God. God uses the stuff that we struggle with. You know, it's all the whole beauty from, from, from ashes. So don't be discouraged if you're struggling with things now. If you have a past that God is a, a redeeming God and you can have just as great of a sex life. You can have just as great of a marriage too. Yes. Well said. Well said. Well, and related to that, what would you tell someone who has been a hurt a lot in dating? You know, maybe they've had some broken hearts, you know, broken sexual experiences, whatever it may be. Who's like, whatever, I'm just going to be celibate. Like, I don't even care anymore. I'm over it. What would you tell them? Yeah, well, I had a... And- a broken engagement. And that was the toughest thing I've ever been through. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Once is enough. One broken in- engagement is uh, enough for uh, a lifetime. So I would say the big thing is if you've been hurt, if you've been frustrated, that it's okay to take a break, you know, take a season off from dating, heal, surround yourself with people who, who love you, and uh, yeah, and don't be afraid to just take some time off, just take care of yourself. And um, the second thing is don't compare yourself. Don't compare your journey with someone else's journey, you know, and to measure your progress on how far you have come, not measured against others. So yeah, just don't compare yourself. God has his, his plan 
in his own timing for your life. That's good. I think uh, the quote is something along the lines of like, the only person you should compare yourself is who you were yesterday. Like, you know, yes, yes. yourself to all the, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And again, you know, even if you, oh, well, I don't have, you know, so-and-so story of meeting Prince Charming and being woken up with a kiss or whatever. I mean, obviously I'm referring to a fairy tale, but we, we have these friends with these stories. Yes, but you are seeing the highlight reel, you know, like they might have a perfect marriage. What you mm-hmm. say, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, first of all, because you're talking about flawed humans. But yeah, I just, I can't talk about that enough, but you're not, everyone has flaws and just don't let their uh, highlight reel compare to your outtakes. <laughs> yeah. And, and we are so bent on like how we meet. I don't know if it's Hollywood or what is it, but we want to meet in, in this uh, grandiose fashion and we want to have this uh, fairytale uh, dating. And, and it's like, to me, I'm like, it doesn't matter how you meet it anymore. Like, you know, I'm like, matter if you meet like on, like on online or you sitting next to them in class or whatever, like the point is marriage. And I think where Hollywood has sold the short is that they say the most exciting time of your relationship is actually before marriage but that is a myth like yeah. marriage i mean is what happens i mean that's where you get to dream to together and hope and hope together and have your full se- sexual life on uh you know so but i think that culture has shortchanged us into thinking that it's all about how we meet it's all about how we date that's the most stimulating time but it's not marriage is the goal and it honestly really doesn't matter how how you met the point is that you got married yes i think that's so true <laughs> all the movies end when they say and then they said i do and they live yes. ever after well what happened when they had kids and they had laundry <laughs> and they had bills and they still chose <laughs> to wake up and love each other when life was tough that's when it gets good yeah yeah exactly Oh my goodness. Well, I'm so excited. Where can we find your book, what you're doing on the online world and all of that good stuff? Yeah. So my, uh, you can find me at Eric J Demeter on, uh, Instagram. You can buy the book on Amazon and on Moody's website as well. Moody publishing. Yes. Love it. Well, Eric, I have to ask one more question that I ask all of our guests before they go. If you have, could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Oh, I would say don't take life too seriously, you know, trying to figure things out, trying to pick that perfect uh, major, you know, that that uh, just take just just take the pressure off and use your 20s to really find out what you want to do and to try as many different things as possible. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. I love it. (laughs) Well, thanks for being here. We'll make sure we put the links to the book and all of that in the show notes so everyone can check it out. But I'm so excited about this conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.